Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Joining us now to talk motorsport is Eric Thompson. How you doing, E.T.? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ricardo. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good, good. I've been uh, uh, enjoying... I know it's at, uh, for a long time, if one hadn't been, uh, you know, sort of your most popular uh, uh, form of motorsport, but it, it's definitely gotten better. It feels like this season is the best season of F1 I, I can remember for a long time. Oh, I, I totally, um, Ricardo. And I did do a mere culpa, I think, with you a while ago, just saying, I think in the run-up to the season, it was getting quite interesting. You know, like at the end of last season, especially, you know, okay, that that last controversial race and Verstappen winning his first Formula One title. And I think Verstappen, oh, Max, he's never been afraid to punt anybody off, even way back in his karting days. In fact, it was an interesting thing. I remember talking to Daniel Bray, one of New Zealand's most accomplished international karters. He was racing against Max Verstappen at the round of the um, World Championships cutting all championships and the Staten just punted him off and basically um, Daniel Bray I think he ended up finishing second at the world championships and Max Verstappen went on to win it but so right from day one and he's never been afraid of Hamilton or anybody's respect you know and sometimes you need a bit of that mongrel and um, you can sort of see he has got inside of Hamilton's head a bit because um, he's, you know Hamilton's doing very average this season um, George Russell, his teammate. I think Hamilton should have left last year, mm. to be honest. Ricardo. I, I, I don't think his heart's in it. And it's also, you and I have touched on it before, you know, I, although he's won all his world titles, he, he, he will never be regarded as one of the best Formula One races of all time. Um, he might scrape into the top 10. But the, the truly brilliant ones are the ones that go from team to team to team. And that's why Fangio, one Miguel Fangio is still regarded as the greatest because he won of his five world titles. He won it with four different manufacturers, you know, and um, Schumacher won it with three, you know, won his a, a couple of manufacturers. And, you know, so that's a true metal if you want to challenge yourself. So, but you're right, the season been very interesting. Good to see Ferrari back. Yeah, great to see Ferrari back. I, I was interested to see um, that George Russell managed to uh, qualify fourth, um, uh, on the grid for for the Austrian GP tonight, considering both he and uh, Hamilton crashed out, both the Mercedes crashed out in qualifying. Yeah, they did, and that's, 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 well, this weekend is one of those weird sprint races that they have. I think it's twenty twenty five laps from memory, and that sets the grid for um, the feature race or the main the, the Grand Prix. But yes, they crashed out. They didn't get out of Q three, I think. So um, there would have been some rustling overnight to fix those cars. But they did, you know, like, did really good. But it's interesting to see that the two Haas cars, Haas cars, did relatively well. Um, and you got Mick Schumacher was bemoaning the fact that he was being held up by his teammate. And then 
um, Hamilton muscled his way past him, and so. But um, I think maybe Schumacher, Mick Schumacher, um, was a bit sort of in a rarefied era of actually being in the top ten. Yeah, I think well, so. That was, I mean, it's a bit of a surprise when talking about people crashing out. It's just a surprise his name wasn't uh, <laughs> wasn't mentioned there because he's good at that as well. Um, a big gap though, uh, you know, if you look at Verstappen, qualifying time twenty six thirty. Leclerc, 26.31. Sainz, 26.35, so that's a bit of a gap. Then Russell, 26.43 in fourth. Uh, and then in sixth uh, place, you're up to 27.01. So there is yeah. a gap between that sort of top two two or three and the rest. Yeah, there is. But, I mean, there normally has been over the last eight or nine, ten, maybe a decade plus. You know, you get two or three drivers or teams that are, you know, within striking distance of each other, and then there's a big gap, and then you have this really condensed midfield. And some of the best battles in the past in Formula One have been in the midfield, and then there's a big gap to the guys at the back. So um, I, I think that song is sort of remaining pretty much the same, just just different cars involved, um, different teams involved at the moment. So, but then again, it's a long race; it's an interesting circuit. You know, you've got tyre changes and strategies and all sorts of things to come into play, So, which which changes things immeasurably. You know, sprint races are sprint races. You've got to go for it, get out front, boom, thanks for coming. But when when you start getting lap after lap after lap after lap after lap going, it just it changes the complexity of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. It, it, makes, uh, it makes it more a mental game too, I think, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mental and physical, yes. And um, trying to stay... And, you know, all these guys are very good at it, but it's it's t- keeping that mental discipline for, you know, 60, 70, 80 laps, as opposed to a mental discipline for 20 to 25 laps. It's just a whole, it's a whole nother way of, of approaching it. And I think the interesting thing is what's happened with the supercars. You know, this weekend in Townsville, they've gone from a whole lot of sprint races to suddenly, you know, 250 kilometres, like 88 laps. Mm. And it just changed the complexity of the races. So. Yeah, well, and on that, obviously, the Giz has been going well. He, he went well yesterday, got his 10th win of the season already. I didn't feel like the season had been going that long. He's really up to 10 wins and, and dominating V8s again. Yeah, 10 wins from eight. I think that was race 18, from mm. memory. Um, yeah, 10 from 18. But again, you know, like, he dropped to sixth at one stage after the pit cycling and all sorts of bits and pieces. But you just know the longer races, you know, you can allow yourself more strategy. They, they had a slightly different tyre strategy that came good at the end because he, he gobbled up. At one stage, he was seven seconds off the lead with five laps to go yesterday. Um, and you're sort of thinking, well, you know, that's, that's a hell of a lot. But because of their strategy and the way they timed everything and the tyres they put on and how they used them, suddenly he was just so much quicker than anybody else and got the win. So... Yeah, we're, we're, we're and, and talking to him in the run-up before the event, he's just saying in a sprint race, you just got to get out there, get out in front. Yeah. And if you're not out in front, you can't pass, there's not enough laps. But in these longer races, you can actually strategize and you can plan. So that's what I like about them. Yeah, yeah, we've got another uh, another race, I think, underway uh, at the moment. Uh, I think it's a sprint, seven of, of 21 they're through at the moment. Uh, I think this is one of the feeder classes, actually, that's on at the moment. Yeah. Unfortunately, Ricardo, you're right. Well, one of the championship contenders is the young Kiwi, mm. Matthew Payne. Um, and in fact, in the championship leader, they, they, Matthew Payne unavoidably just got completely taken out within 100 metres of the start. 
So that was the end of his race. Done, dusted. Yeah, that's Quite a, a shame, actually. Yeah, that's well, mate. Yeah, I mean, at the moment we are producing some great young drivers, and uh, a guy, a name that's been around for a little while. I know you'd be excited about this, Eric, is Liam Lawson. Um, and uh, he's now a reserve driver for both Red Bull and Alpha Tori as well. So uh, that's big for him, isn't it? Going from Formula One, um, uh, sorry, Formula Two at Silverstone to being their reserve driver at Formula One. Yeah, he's been bumped up, bumped up to the Red Bull main team. He was with Alpha uh, Tori, the, the junior Formula One team for Red Bull. Um, and because of Yuri's bits and his issues with online streaming and being way too vocal um they've you know he's been struck off the list so they've promoted liam um up to you know the reserve formula one driver which is you know which is really interesting but the thing is like you touched on it ricardo it's quite astute there's such a lot of young talent not only coming out of new zealand like marcus armstrong Mm. won the sprint race the f2 sprint race overnight so you know, there's so many, but there's lots of others like there's Oscar Pretorius from Australia, um, from Australia, and a few others. There's a there's this incredible pool of talent, young talent, that is there not because of checkbooks, but because sheer and utter talent at the moment. That it's great to see, but it's also for people like Liam, you know, and and Marcus Armstrong and Oscar Pretorius won the. F2 last year, and normally you're straight into an F1 seat, but he's had to sit out this year because there's just no room. So That's great. I think you've got to get rid of checkbook drivers. Yeah, well, I mean, I, it, it feels like it's going that way, isn't it? Because we're, we're, you, you're getting uh, absolute disaster cases, um, particularly in F1, who are checkbook drivers, and then, you, and then you've seen these great drivers come through developing in, in F2. I mean, surely these team bosses must be going, well, look, it doesn't really matter how much money you bring if you're going to be riding off cars every other week. Uh, well, let's just get a bloke in who knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think poor Gunter Steiner at Haas will be thinking that. Yes. Because I think Schumacher's bill this year is 2.8 million euros of damage he's done in a couple of accidents. So that, I, I don't think he'll be around next year. No. Um, and, and the other thing is I, I do, this will probably wind a few people up and I've been a great fans of Vettel and Alonso and stuff like that. You think, guys, you're in your 40s, late 30s, early 40s, you know, are you just cruising around, punching the ticket? Are you, you know, like just, I don't know, you've had your day in the sun shall I say, just, you know, go and do endurance racing Yeah, if you want to keep racing. But let the young guys all come through in the Formula 1. Yeah, Yeah. exactly, mate. I mean, that's more. I know that a lot of the listeners and fans will be cursing me, but I sometimes think, you know, we we all want to keep doing stuff and we're passionate about it. But at an elite level, let the young guys come and have a play. Yeah. Well, I'd be, I mean, it'd be good to see those those guys and those new names coming through. Um, now, there's something else I just wanted to touch on as well. Uh, Michael Andretti, of course, um, big in Indy car, but he's got his sights set on having an F1 team as well. And I guess there's some uh, potentially uh, drives an F1 up for grabs. Uh, and there are some familiar names there as well and guys like uh, Grosjean and that. But um, it seems like maybe the big names aren't the ones he's looking at and, and it's causing a bit of upset uh, with some of those big names, uh, people like Alexander Rossi as well. Yeah, it is a little bit. It's an interesting thing. It's quite a multi-layered issue for Andretti and I feel for him. He wants an American team. Okay, Gene Haas is an American owner and it's a sort of 
American-based team, but it's full of, you know, there's no American drivers in it. Michael Andretti wants to put American drivers in the car and stuff like that. But the problem is, is there's a lot of other teams that don't want him in Formula One because if you bring another team in, the prize money is diluted because, you know, all of a sudden you've got another team in there and if they start winning, which, you know, Andretti's got an incredible um, pedigree, um, not only as a driver in Formula One, um, but also his teams globally, including the supercar team, um, Gorkenshaw Andretti United Racing. Um, so, and and he's just getting a bit annoyed that, you know, a lot of the other teams, it, it's such a weird thing that you have to have the other teams to accept you to come into the sport, mm. which to me is weird. It's like, why do you need the permission of the other teams? The FIA should just go, yeah, great, great to have another team in. Another couple of drivers, bigger grid. But it's, again, it's just about the money. It's somebody else going to take some of your slice of your pie. I would like to see Andretti in there be, and, and to see a couple of US drivers in there. You know, you can take them from his IndyCar team or just find a, a, a couple of young guys and stick it in there. So I think it's a shame he's being held back a bit, actually, with current. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like he wants uh, Colton Herder to be his number one driver in his F1 mm. team when it happens. And uh, from the yep. sounds of things, that's caused a bit of uh, friction within the team uh, with Grosjean and Rossi not happy about it because I think they kind of feel it's theirs by uh, dint of their experience. But uh, they might have a bit of uh, convincing to do a Michael Andretti on that one. Good stuff, Eric. Hey, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Always good to chat. My absolutely lovely, but on the Grosjean thing, Grosjean had his time in Formula One. Yeah, you know, he shouldn't yep. be whinging about anything. I think he's very lucky and very privileged to actually have a seat in IndyCar. Yeah, he still hasn't won an IndyCar in three seasons, so I don't see how he can suggest that he should be the number one driver in F1 either. <laughs> exactly, mate. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, good stuff, Eric. Go well, mate. Enjoy the rest of your other. Thank you very much, Ricardo. Always a pleasure. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.